think everybody's been sitting for a good while, so let's all stand while we sing this next song. shepherds on the plain that night but they said let us go now even to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the angels hath made known unto us and they ran with haste and they came and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby just as the angel had told them I heard the gospel sound one day and I decided that I would run and I would see how it was and I found it just like I heard it it's the sweetest song no sweeter song has ever been sung than the song of the Savior born again into your heart and he's available to everyone there's no one in this congregation tonight that needs to go away from this place and not get acquainted with Jesus because he's right here his presence is here his spirit is here and I feel his presence here tonight I'm thankful for this privilege of being here this is a wonderful privilege I feel like it's good for us all to be here I was telling we never know from one year to the next no, whether we'll be permitted to no, come here no. again. But I just feel like pausing to thank God 
for the privilege of being at camp meeting one more time. It's not by our strength. It's not by our cunning. It's not by our might. But it's the mercy of God that we're each one here tonight. We want everyone to feel welcome here tonight. We see so many people, a number of people from Perry. We want you to know that you're welcome in our services. We want you to feel at home. We're just preaching the everlasting gospel that will save anyone's soul that will come and seek it with all their heart. Brother Harry Collins was down at our place about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and we were having a revival. And he preached a sermon that stirred me up. He began to talk about ships. If any of y'all don't know, he was raised over on Shinkatig, over there, right down at sea level. And they have a lot of ships down there. And he began to tell us about those oyster boats. And he began to tell us about the tugboats. And he began to tell us about the big boats. And he began to tell us about the captain. And began to tell us about the pilot. And he began to compare it to spiritual things. And he began to stir us. And the spirit moved. And I also am interested in ships raised up on the coast there. I've watched the big ships come in the harbor. And yesterday afternoon as I was up there reading in my cabin, over in the book of Kings, I ran into a verse about a ship, a verse that I don't ever remember reading before. This is uh, right after Ahab uh, reign as king, and we're all familiar with how wicked Ahab was, and what a wicked wife Ahab had, Jezebel, and how that they did that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and how old Ahab coveted that beautiful vineyard that Naboth had. And he went over there and he tried to get it from him. That's but right. Naboth said, no, no this not. is my heritage. Right. It's yeah. not for sale. Right. I won't give it up. But they, through deceit and cunning, yeah. sought to put him to death. And murder and wickedness was in their heart. But right after Ahab was king, there came another king, Jehoshaphat. And he was a pretty nice king. He feared the Lord. And he did things that were pleasing to the Lord to a certain extent. But one thing the Word tells us he failed to do was he failed to tear down the altars right. in the high places. The high places. There were some That's people right. that were still worshiping uh, idols, oh, and he failed to get rid of them. But the verse that I want to read, that's the things I was reading, but this is the verse. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold. But they went not, for the ships were broken at Ezon Geber. <clears throat> Jehoshaphat had high hopes. He had great plans. He knew about this gold over at Ophir. And he wanted to get him a little bit of that gold. He had his vision. He had his dreams. People today have visions of what they want to do. They have visions of what they want to accomplish. And this man didn't sit idly by, but he began to build ships, goodly ships, ships like they had at Tarsha. And he sent them out to bring that gold back. I can just see him down there at the seashore, sending out his ships, high hopes, hoping that they would soon come back laden with gold, but they came not back. They ran upon the rocks, and they were broken up. The best laid plans that people have often fail. That's the right. things that people want uh, and the things that they plan for, the things that they invest in, sometimes right. fails. That's How right. quickly the ship can go down. Yeah. How quickly yeah. it can be broken, broken up, up on the rocks. Uh, this man 
stood there waiting for ships that never come in. So many times we've heard people say, when my ship comes in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But here's a man who sent out the ships, but they didn't come back. And I read over there about Absalom. He had plans. I'm thinking about young people. They have dreams. They have plans. They have ambitions. And they want them to work. So many people forsake God and leave God out of their life just to try to make their plans work. Just to try to be successful. No time for God. They've got to get their education. They've got to make money. They've got to build up their business. And no time for God. But let me tell you, People who leave God out of their life run on unexpected shoals. Their ships begin to sink. They They wait for them to come in, and they don't come in because they left God out of their lives. I was reading about Absalom, David's son, how that he aspired to the throne. He wanted to get that throne. It was his desire. He coveted it, and he began to make plans for it. And he began to stand in the gate and speak to the people, and he would tell them, I'll fix this for you. It'll be good if you'll just make me your king. And he tried to do the things that please the people, and it looked like it was going his way. And his father had to flee from Absalom's forces. He gathered armies about him. And in that day, when the armies were locked in battle, it looked like he was a sure thing. By nightfall, old Absalom would be made king, and his father would be done away with. He had prepared his program well. He'd built his ships. He'd sent them out. It looks like they were all ready to come back. But sometime before nightfall that day, he was riding through the forest, riding on his mule, and he came under an oak in his locks of hair caught in the oak tree, and by sunset he was swinging from the oaks there at Ephraim. His ships went down. His plans failed. They came to naught because God was not in his life. Young people, old people, no matter who you are, your best laid plans will come to naught if God is not in it. Jesus knew a man that he told us about that it seemed like his ship was sailing real good uh, and he was doing fine. It says the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And who shall these things be which thou hast provided? And so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich before God. Everything was going this man's way. And I'm sure that it would be a a usual attitude. I'm going to make it good. I'm going to take care of it while it's coming my way. But God didn't give him breath enough to enjoy a thing that he had piled up. Time ran out with him. And his soul was summoned to glory that night. And he had to give account for the deeds that he had done. His ship went down very fast. It stuck on the rock. It hit the rocks of selfishness and greed. And that ship went down. This man is so much like many people we see today. They're just thinking about how much they can get in the bank. 
how much they can add to their profit and loss statement, how much they can add to their assets. But this man left in such a short time, I don't guess he even had time to make out a will. But because it said, who shall these things be that thou hast provided? And so his ship went down. Then there's another man over here whose ship went down. This man was a shrewd man, a cunning man, probably one of the best politicians that the Bible ever records. Uh, he knew what would please the people. Haman, back in the days of Queen Esther, he began to do the things that would cause his star to go up and cause the people to like him. He planned parades and had big uh, things that people like. And we find in the third chapter of the book of Esther, and after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Agite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. And the king, for the king, had so commanded him. This man was worshiping the God of popularity. He wanted to be worshipped. He wanted people to reverence him. He wanted people to look up to him. He wanted to be a great star. And we see people that will compromise their principles. They'll compromise morality. They'll give away everything that they've got just to get favor with the people. But just to see their star rise. But just as fast as this man's star went up, his star came down. Just a few chapters over, we find out that when Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him, and it, it, it caused him to be uh, envious, and it caused malice to rise in his heart, it caused he, uh, hate to rise up in his heart, then he sought to slay the people of God. And whenever Mordecai heard about it, he told Esther that she must go in to the king and that she must speak to the king. And it came a time whenever she had to cut through the red tape. She had to do away with the protocol. She had to do away with the formalities. There comes a time in your life when formalities don't mean anything. There comes a time when you need to just to go in for yourself. And Esther said, if I perish, I perish. She fell before the king and she asked for the life of her people. And here's how it's recorded. And then King Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he? And where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Wicked Haman. Yeah. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king ariseth from the banquet of wine, and in his wrath went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make requests for his life to Esther the queen. For he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then one of the chamberlains said, Behold the king, behold king, the gallus, fifty cubits high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who hath spoken good, of, spoken good of the king, standing in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. His days come to naught. His ship went down very fast. He had good plans. He planned to be high in the kingdom, but God brought his plans to not. God brought him down. Anytime we leave God out of our lives, our plans will come to naught. They'll come to a failure. <clears throat> Even whatever we plan, after we've been on the way a long time, we still can't make plans without consulting God. <clears throat> the Apostle James wrote on that subject, and he said over in the book of James, the fourth chapter, 
Go to ye that say today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. For as you know what, not what, shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. We don't have power enough to go and say that we're going to do this or that. But I feel like that we need to drop down on our knees and thank God for the very breath that we breathe. Because if He didn't put breath in our bodies, we couldn't do one thing. And so we find out that we must depend on God no matter what we plan to do. We read over in the book of Ecclesiastes how people today think that they've got to get their career all lined up. They've got to get their life all planned out. And they, they'll do anything to make their career a success. Many people think that they just got to get that education. They've just got to have that. Their, their career depends on it. But unless you first sought the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then you're making a sad mistake. You need to put everything else aside and put Jesus first. And Solomon, the great wise man, said, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceive also that this was vexation of the Spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Knowledge and wisdom of this world will not bring the joy and the satisfaction that you want. Wisdom of this world and knowledge of this world is no guarantee that your plans are going to work. They won't work unless God is in your plans. Back, we read about Jehoshaphat there. He made a league with Ahab's son. And it may have been that that league was the thing that he'd done wrong, that caused his life to be a failure. And whenever we make leagues with the world, and we take the world as our partner, and the world is our God, then our careers are doomed for failure. But if we'll go on our knees and ask Him, which way would you have me to go? This Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There is no sure fired way to have success without having Jesus Christ in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things that are needed will be added unto you. Apostle Paul was sailing his ship the wrong way one day and he was, he was going down that road to Damascus. Thought sure he was doing just what he ought to do. He thought sure that this was the plan for him. But God struck him down that day and turned his ship around and caused him to sail another way. And Jesus from heaven said, It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And Apostle Paul turned around and he went the other way. And God began to bless his life then. And then he had good success. Success. Right. And we find Apostle Paul's ship uh, never fell upon the rocks. Uh, oh, Apostle yeah. Paul's right. ship was never wrecked. Uh, oh, but after he had sailed all the way through life, uh, he said, I have fought a good fight. Right. I have kept the faith. Right. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Uh, and not for me only, but for all them that love His appearing. There is a way that your life can be a success. Uh, there is a way that you can find 
success in life and not failure. Brother Gene read tonight about, uh, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. We had King we read about, he wanted gold, didn't he? He wanted some of that gold of Ophir. But I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. That other gold that you're seeking after, you may never obtain. You may never find it. But if you call upon Jesus Christ and ask for true gold and for true riches, then he has no delivery problems. You won't have any problems getting that gold delivered because Jesus delivers every time. He's never been known to fail. Everyone that has ever trusted in Him has made a sure work of glory. I just feel like the Lord is blessing this camp meeting. I feel like this is a special camp meeting. I just feel like God's power is going to move in this house. You know, the, the Lord has been looking out over all the people. His eye is going through to and fro in the earth, beholding good and evil. He sees everyone. He knows every one of our folks' children. Many of them live away from our folks. But somehow, at this time of the year, somehow or another, their minds and their hearts are drawn to this place. Somehow or another, the arm of God reaches out and they begin to head in this direction. I believe that there's a desire in their heart to get a hold of something that they can be assured of, something that is sure, something that will endure. Riches of this world will take wings and fly away. But Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on this earth where moth doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where these things do not take place. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Whenever your treasures are laid up in heaven, then they're in a very safe place. And you might plan for the gold to come into you. And it may never come, but if you'll come to Jesus, He'll give you all the gold that you need. Why, He's got streets paved with gold, hasn't He? Who in the world has got streets paved with gold? Sanctified people. We've got streets paved with gold. And I'm going to walk the streets of glory some of these days. Hallelujah. I may not ever have much of this world's gold, but there's going to be enough gold for me to walk on it one of these days. And I want to walk over heaven with every one of you. There's not a person in this house tonight that we want to be left out. But we want all to come and have these riches and share in these blessings that we have found in Christ Jesus. There's just so many good places here in this book to read from. How that the blessings are upon those that seek the Lord. And how the curse is upon those that fail to seek God. It may not look like it every time here in this life uh, that the righteous have everything better than the wicked. Uh, Sometimes the righteous have sickness. Uh, Sometimes the righteous have problems. Uh, but it is well with them that serve and obey God. There's coming another day. Lazarus lay at the rich man's gate. Uh, moreover, he was covered with sores. Uh, and moreover, the dogs 
came and licked his sores, and he desired the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. He didn't have it as good as that rich man had it. That rich man had plenty in it there at that banquet table, and he was living in luxury and firing sumptuously every day. And Lazarus didn't have those things, but there came another day. There was another day, and there's coming another day in every one of our lives. In time to came that Lazarus died. And he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. There you have the picture of the two different situations. And it's very clear and it's very obvious which one you would want to have. Every clear thinking and reasonable thinking person would love to be born by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And you can have that by choosing Jesus Christ as your Savior. I was telling my testimony the other day how that we've got an advocate with Jesus. He's helping us out. We're not traveling this life alone. We're not going through our own strength or by our own power. So many young people that you talk to say that I would like to be sanctified if I knew that I could live it, if I knew that I could make it all the way. Well, Jesus is going to help you make it. You've got Him there talking to you. He's going to call you. He's going to touch somebody's heart in this tabernacle tonight, I believe. We read over there in the book of... uh, One of those books where it says, Faithful is He that hath called you. Who also will do it? Jesus is calling. The voice is going out. He's calling faithfully. He hadn't quit calling. His voice is going out all the time. He's striving with people's hearts. Faithful is He that hath called you, who also will do it. And whenever He calls you and He gets you into the kingdom, He's going to help you all the way through this life. Down there at Charleston, when these big ships begin to come there to the harbor, and there's shoals on both sides of this harbor, and the channel is kind of narrow. There are narrow places in our life. There's straight places. There's places where it's very careful how we go. And they have harbor pilots. They're waiting just outside the bar. They're out there. And when the big ships come in, they stop and they take on one of those harbor pilots who's been through that channel thousands of times. He knows that channel well. He knows where the shifting sand is. He knows where the danger is. And he takes a hold of the wheel and he brings the old ship right safe through the channel. Well, Jesus, he's our captain. He's our pilot. He's on board tonight. He's going to take us through the straight places, the narrow places. He's going to look out for us. He's not going to let us fail if we put our trust in him. I was flying in home the other day after being away from home for a day or so. And it was a stormy night. And you know, when you're on them planes, I never have got where I feel real comfortable or real sure of them yet. And especially whenever you see the thunderheads and the lightning flashing off in the distance and the wind blows and it begins to rain and that plane begins to bounce a little bit, I begin to talk to the Lord a little bit about it. I don't feel too safe in those situations. But as we were making that approach there into Charleston, the captain came on and he said, we're on radar We're talking to the man in the tower. 
He's got us in view, uh, and He's telling us just how to make this approach and make this landing, and it's going to be a safe one. There was a man off there in that tower that was looking out through his equipment, uh, and he could see just where we were coming in. And when we were a little off to the left, uh, he would tell our captain a little over to the right. And when we were a little over to the right, he would say a little bit back to the left. If we were too high, he would say, come down. If we were too low, he would say, come up. He was talking our plane in to a safe landing. We've got a man who's looking out for us tonight. He's got us in view. He's got us on the screen tonight. And he's saying a little this way and a little that way. He wants us to make a safe landing. If we will just listen to that spirit, if we will just let that spirit have a way in our life, we can have a safe landing. It might be a little stormy sometime, but that's all right. We can make a safe landing too. And after a while, those wheels just set right down on the runway and we were safe home. Safe home. Think about it. Safe home. Don't you want to make a safe landing home? And as we pulled up, there was my wife and my children all smiling, glad that daddy and husband was safe home. Over in heaven, there's loved ones waiting, waiting, wanting you to make it safely home. Will you listen to the Spirit of the Lord? Will you let Him guide your life? Will you let Him have His way with you? He'll help you make a safe journey home. I believe that there are people that are lost here tonight that would like to make a safe journey home. I believe there's a desire in the heart of everyone that's ever known this gospel to find their way back home. I've read about those salmon fish over there in those great rivers on the west coast, the Columbia River and the Fraser River, way up hundreds of miles inland. Those little fish are born and they make their way down to the sea and they go out all over that North Pacific Ocean. But before they die, something in that fish causes them to come back to the mouth of the very river that they went out of. And they start to make their way up that river, up waterfalls, through treacherous rocks, and they come to the forks of the river and they go right back to the place where they come from to die. Something in that fish, some instinct, something that God put there causes them to come right back. I believe that God who put that thing in that fish who put homing instinct in animals also put something in the heart of man that made them want to come back to God, to the God that created them, the God that made them. They might wander all over the Pacific. They might go far away from God. But there's a desire in there to come back home. How many of y'all have ever had a dog or a cat. Sometime you want to get rid of them. And you'll take them away from home and you'll turn all around and get off on some country road and let them out. And then you'll head back home and about the time you get there, they're right back there too. That instinct, that homing instinct is in them. Brother Ray tells us about his mother when she went out to hear sanctified people preach when she just uh, he was a little boy. How she would hook up the old horse to the buggy and they would go out to meeting. And when the meeting was over, it'd be dark and she wouldn't know the way home. And she'd just have to turn the reins loose and let that old horse with his homing instinct lead the way back home. 
I pray that the Spirit of God would lead somebody back home. Just let that Spirit that's drawing within your heart, that Spirit that's drawing you back home, just let it have its way with you. If you fight against it, if you make your plans without God, your ship will sink. Oh, how quickly your ship will go down. But if you will let Jesus come on board your ship, He can guide you safely over. Tonight, we're sailing on the old ship design. She's landed thousands over, and she'll land us many more. You can have faith in this ship. Those other ships we were talking about, they broke up on the rock, but this old ship design has never hit the rock yet. Our captain has been guiding it safely over in the lifetime of some of you people sitting here tonight. I'm sure that you read about and heard about that great ship that they were going to build that was unsinkable. The Titanic. They were going to build a ship that wouldn't sink. It was going to be big. It was going to be massive. It was going to have thick walls. It was going to be the safest ship ever built. And it would be unsinkable. Many notable people loaded up on that ship for her maiden voyage. And she sailed out across the North Atlantic. And she never made the first port before she hit an iceberg. And on that ship, they tell me that the orchestras were playing and the people were dancing and they were making merry. But in the night, a cry went out. Mayday! Mayday! And they began to sing nearer, my God, to thee. But it was too late. That ship was going down. It was sinking. It was going down into the North Atlantic. And down it went that night. But we're sailing on the old ship as I. That's landed thousands over. And she'll land us many more. There's one more shipwreck that I want to tell about. One of my favorites, old Belshazzar. He felt very confident in that hour, that night. He felt like he had everything going his way. His ship was sailing just fine. Everything was in order. He was king. Nobody could tell him that he couldn't enjoy himself. Nobody could tell him he couldn't have his fun. He called for a thousand of his lords. Let's have a big party. And their concubines. And they had a big party that night. And they began to drink wine in the midst of all of them. And he began to mock our God. And he called for the vessels to be brought out of the house of God. And they began to drink wine there out of the vessels of God. And God looked down upon that party that night. And the finger of God began to write upon the wall. Thou art weighed in the balances and found water. His tombstone was filled out on the walls of his palace that night. And the scripture tells us that that night, Belshazzar was slain and Darius, I believe, took over. The Mede came in and took over. Oh, how quickly that man's ship went down that night. And he was no more. He had to meet his maker. Let me counsel you to buy of me, as Jesus said, gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. Dear, dear ones, there's no place you can go. There's no thing you can do that will bring the happiness and the satisfaction that is found in knowing that God has got a hold of your life. That Jesus has got a hold of the wheel. 
and then he's going to steer you safely over. Have you got your plans made? Have you got it all figured out? How your life is going to be? I feel like the Spirit is saying, stop. Wait. Consider people that were more cunning than you. People that had more power than you do. People that had more resources than you do made plans without God and they failed. But there's been millions that have taken God into their lives and have made it successfully over. Young people that are in love. Love is beautiful. But sometimes love is blind too. The most important step in your life is whenever you plan to sail upon the sea of matrimony. And you only have to look around you to see so many shipwrecks. The beaches are strolled with the wrecking ships of unsuccessful marriages. Marriages that did not put God first. You need Jesus at the wheel of your marriage. You need Jesus to take you through the places of this life. And I would just like to take young people who have good ideals and have their whole life before them who are planning their future, I'd like to just to beg you and plead with you this very night. Don't go any further until you have taken Jesus aboard and let Him plan your life for you. I want to tell you that it's a happy life whenever Jesus plans this life for you. 26 years ago, this past month, I took Jesus as my captain. And He's been with me all the way. And I feel like I can trust Him for the future, for He knoweth all the way. And with His hands, He'll guide us along this pilgrim way. And, then, and if you will take this Word, now this Word is what the world needs. If you'll take this Word and study it and read it, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Everybody likes a success story. Everybody wants to be successful. No one wants to be a failure. This is the only way. This is the only sure way to have success. You can have success by the yardstick of this world, but that can all come to naught. It can all vanish away. It can all fail. But if you'll measure up by God's yardstick and you'll take Jesus as your captain, then you can have a successful, happy life, and then you can walk on those streets of glory. Everybody pray for me.